This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So I'm a big fan of Night Ranger. And way, way, way back when in my early career, they came in. They came into the studio and I was just freaked out. And Jack Blades, the bass player, was playing a 1935 Martin acoustic guitar. Probably a... $40,000 $40,000 guitar. And Pigpin, my associate producer back then, love Pigpin, sweetest guy in the world, uh, he always entered a room like Kramer. And he came <laughs> busting in and he cracked Jack's guitar Ooh. with oh, the no. door. Yeah. And, uh, and Jack was really cool about it. And we recorded the interview. I didn't start for a couple of hours. He goes, uh, Hey, we're going to go across the street to Union Station to Subway Sandwiches. You want to go? And I was like, yes, yes, Night Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I will be a part of your Dawn Patrol. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I just think about how many famous people I've met. And there's people will ask me this a lot. Yeah, what was so-and-so like? What was so-and-so like? There's an almost exact correlation between the more famous people are, the more money they have, the bigger stars that they are, the nicer and more normal they were. Hmm. Uh, I, I interviewed several people who had been famous for five minutes and they were difficult and they had writers and they wanted this kind of tea and blah, 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 blah. But when it was like Night Ranger and Thin Lizzy and, you know, like big rock stars from my era, they just, you know, they just showed up. They didn't have a, they didn't have a limo or an entourage or handlers or anything like that. So we should name names on, on who the most difficult people were. Oh, that'd be pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. I love Matchbox 20, but they were a-holes. Really? Um, the the guy who played Screech, I'll never forgive him. Dustin he, Diamond. Dustin oh. Diamond. He was like peace. famous. Yeah, maybe yeah. rest in peace, but he was famous. No, for I'll, I'll tell the story again very jerk. quickly, but his handler, because I couldn't talk to Mr. Diamond directly, <laughs> said, uh, yeah, you just can't mention Saved by the Bell. And I'm like, this is what? <laughs> <laughs> but, what are we supposed to talk about? But I've been doing the show for like six months. And I'm like, okay. So we talked about something else. And the very next day, Jerry Mathers, the beaver, came in. And I said, Mr. Mathers, is it okay if we talk about Leave it to Beaver? And he, and he looked at me. He goes, what the hell else are we going to talk about? <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> he must have thought I was the biggest idiot. <laughs> He's like, you know that was me, right? <laughs> right. He's like, I was the guy. He's like, what would we talk about? Yeah. <laughs> the, the best people are the self-aware people, right? Yeah. Like, if you're big and you know it, but you're still like, I used to not be big and I'm, you know, still a normal person. That's yeah. awesome. 
And if you're known for one thing, you probably want to embrace that one thing. Also, uh, locally, we know people like this, and I'm sure the same thing happens nationally, that if someone gets a taste of fame, but then they don't make it, they never mature enough in their fame to see through it and get back to being a normal person. Mm. And so they're working on the dock at uh, Home Depot, and all they're talking about is the one year that they did a show on KFNS or something. You know what I mean? Whereas the longer you're in a career, uh, at least this one, and maybe it's the same being a doctor, architect, whatever, uh, you just go, oh, okay. It, it's not that cool. Like, I'm, I'm just a person making wiener jokes, <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> but, but if you, but if it's cut off unnaturally, I think you never get past that. At least that's what I've seen. Um, Andrew, we're starting with you. Okay. It's a dumb story, but it's uh, a real story yes. about the city. Yeah. So I, I, I guess the, uh, I had just heard about this today, but I guess the, um, the, some of our, our illustrious board of alder people are pushing some legislation to decriminalize uh, expelling waste uh, in public in the city. The idea is that, um, I guess because we, I can't find another answer for it except our unhoused issue is so massive here yeah, in the I city. Can help, I can help you. So there's a comprehensive bill to help homeless people. And to make better arrangements for them and more beds and more facilities. And a part of that is uh, that every uh, Mardi Gras, you have people out there taking a whiz because they're drunk. Mm -hmm. And they want to decriminalize it because homeless people don't have enough porta potties and public bathrooms. And so that's what's making the national news is that, hey, St. Louis is so bad. Now they're decriminalizing peeing in public. Which I think is a... a in my opinion, that's a fair assessment. I mean, I think that I think that a line can be drawn right there. I think when we draw the line of like how to make things better for the unhoused population here, I think we should invest a lot more time and energy into trying to find them shelter and a place to stay and a place to live. And I don't know, in my opinion, maybe even give them a tent city. Maybe even let them make a tent city somewhere that we're not constantly trying to you know, crash and get rid of. What do you guys think of that? Uh, the tent city thing, or you know, I, I, it's a tough question. I think that it's someone's choice whether or not they want to go to a shelter. So, uh, who am I to say, like, hey, you have your reasons for not wanting to go, but we're just going to strip away everything you have, and you have to do it the way that we say you want to do it. I mean, these are human beings; they're allowed to make their own choices. Um, I would be, I don't want to say I would be fine with it because that makes it seem like I'm like okay with homelessness as far as like, I don't see it. I don't see an issue. I Obviously, it's an issue that we want to solve. We want to get anyone who's unhoused like into shelter, but I would be fine with a tent city if it was, I don't know. It, it's really tough. I, I'm, I know I'm saying nothing right now, but it's it's the type of situation where you don't want it to get out of control and you don't want it to be a super dangerous place for people to enter. Uh, but then you want to give people their rights too. So that's, that's tough. As far as the issue of, of using the restroom in public. Which we've seen a lot. Yeah, we have. Um, I don't, 
I don't necessarily think someone should just be automatically thrown in jail for that, but it does feel super unfair when someone who is, you know, stumbling home drunk from the bar uses the restroom on the side of a building. They could be a sex offender for the rest of their lives, and then someone else who's doing it every single day, it's like, well, it's okay, you're fine. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. Wheels? On the homeless side of it, the only thing you can do is provide options. Because you can't make people do right, something, that's right? What I, was, I mean, you can't. That's what I was trying to say. You can't hurt people <laughs> she's, up. She's still hurting from yeah. the, from the emergency I'm, I'm pizza thing. I'm having a bad thing. day. We are, but we're of a same she mind here. Domino's like, are going to solve this whole thing. You can't just like <laughs> you, round you need people to get up. Them their emergency pizzas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't just like round people up and then put them in the fenced area and say, "Here you go, stay here." Right. Like you can't do that. So you can only provide yeah, that's an as many camp. Right. You can only provide as many options as you can, whether it's Porta Johns and and hey, look, this tent thing, it's here. And the shelter is here. And if you don't like the rules at the shelter, there's another. You know, like if you just provide options, it's literally all you can do. As for the whole, you know, public urination or whatever, it, the one thing you have to be do you have to be fair about is it's got to be the same punishment for anybody that does the same thing. Yeah. So if you and I speed, we're both getting the same ticket. If it's decriminalized for someone who's homeless, then it's decriminalized for someone who's drunk. Um, we can't have it be one person's a sex offender and one person is just, ah, uh-huh, sorry, buddy, you have a nice day. Because, But it's also irrational and illogical to say, what are you going to do, write them a ticket? They got no money. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they can pay with. You're going to put them in jail? All right, well, then now you're spending more resources um, to just to do that. And for what? For them to go out and do it the just, next day that I'm, they're out there because they don't have another option. I'm just having a really hard... We were driving... This is maybe two years ago now. We were driving back from lunch, me and, and uh, Rachel and Dave, and we saw a, a guy, and he was defecating on a tree right right on the side of the road. He was just pulled pants down and just went for it, like, onto the side of the tree. And I... Yeah, he doesn't have uh, a, ba- a, a home with a bathroom in it that he can go to and, and use, but... I also really strongly felt like I, I don't know if I can look at that and point to it and go, that's fine. I have right. no problem with that. Right in the heart of downtown on Olive Street, one of the busiest streets in the heart of our city, looking at that happening and going like, that's okay. I think two things can be true at once. We we can say there needs to be more facilities for homeless people. However, given the reputation of St. Louis and given how close to the edge we are of no one ever coming here for a convention again, I don't really want to risk the national news, right or wrong, fair or unfair, being it's now legal to pee on the sidewalk in St. Louis. I don't think that's a great look. Yeah. <laughs> Bring in a bunch of R&R portable toilets and pay for them or something, but I'm not sure that you can whiz on any tree you want is the answer. I definitely agree with that, but I'm going to ask a hypothetical. What does seeing that do to me? Just seeing someone defecate? If I just see that happen, because there was a time in human history where we all saw that happen. It was just the way it was. Yeah, you watched but... everything happen. You lived in the same room as everybody in your family. You saw everything. And, and I'm, can, not we sh- I'm not saying we should. I'm not I saying that it's seeing good. Seeing the guy poop on the tree affected me in not a great way. I mean, it yeah, makes same. me feel bad it, for it that wasn't person. Fun. Uh, yeah, but I it doesn't. Wanna... But it doesn't scar me about, and make me think that. But there are kids in downtown St. Louis. Yeah, and I think that should that's they see an important... a man's penis because he's using the restroom? No, yeah. they shouldn't. I'm just saying that in the end, if you're driving by in a car, it's not the same thing as it being two feet from you. And I think there's a there's a 
There's a sliding. Like was, there's a sliding scale of how this works. He's facing the road, Kevin. Yeah, he was. He was. I can. I can feet show, away can from other the, people. We can see the tree from here. I can point you to the tree where he was. Yeah. Right. So that driving by it in a car or walking by it. it that's that. Is, I'm asking. I'm not questioning. <laughs> I'm asking, not doubting, is the way I want to put it. That is enough to cause damage to someone. Yes. yes. Yeah. It caused okay. damage to the three of us, and we're all, you know, we have we have thicker skin than than. We have. It's our not sea just legs. like pearl clutching. Like, oh no, he was going to the bathroom. Like, it was really upsetting to I'm, see I'm, because it was upsetting to see someone in that state. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That's and the part that's upsetting like, to me. I don't also, want to see his genitals. I like, don't want to be walking to get coffee with Rach and Andrew or. Uh, hey, Phoebe, why don't you meet me at my parking garage? We'll walk to a ball game mm-hmm. and pass two or three people urinating. I don't want that. I don't think that we should have to do that. I think we live in a civilized society. We should live in a civilized city. That being said, people should be able to use the facilities. I feel bad for homeless people that don't have access to facilities like I do. I yeah. just don't think that nature is the answer. Why can't we just build more public bathrooms well, that everybody can use? I think this is kind of my point. We have all of the means to solve these problems. We don't have the desire because the people who have the money don't want to pay more to help homeless people. They don't want more taken out of their taxes because that's what it's going to take. You need more tax revenue to pay for those things. That's the solution. And it's doable, but the people that that would impact, and I know that all of us pay taxes, we don't want to have to pay more, do we? John calling in from uh, the east side. Hey, John, go ahead. Hey, um, yeah, I just wanted to call in because I heard what Kevin says about, he, he said, what is that doing to me? And he's looking at it from the perspective of what you see. Kevin, do you want the city to be an outdoor sewer? Because it's sanitation. I don't care what you 100%. See. And that's the argument. That's well, the that, argument. That would be actually the entire point. Yeah. Exactly. But the point, the, the, the idea that I'm talking about here is we're going to make people criminals for that. We need to solve it. They can't solve it. Right? I mean, th- this is the idea. They're not, the people that are homeless cannot solve this problem. If there is nowhere for them to go, what other option do they have? We are the only ones that can do anything about this. And by we, I just mean everyone else. I don't mean St. Louisans or anything. I mean those of us that do not ha- are not in that situation. We are the only ones. So if we just turn it into judgment, and I don't mean everybody here. I'm just talking about big picture. If we just turn it into judgment and you're on your own, and we don't want to spend our tax dollars on it, well, then this is what it's going to be. Most of the people I've seen, I've seen a lot of discourse about this on Twitter, and it's mostly been who I consider to be pretty progressive people uh, still having an issue with, like, we have to have a standard above, yeah, just let them go in the street. Yep. We have to have a standard above that. Yeah, I think and we it's need to not, codify that. Right, and it's not let's round them up and put them in jail if you're doing it. It's I keep seeing, like, just build more public back. Just to go from like zero to a hundred of, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Wait, actually you are. Uh, yeah. It's fine if you're unhoused. If you're drunk walking home from Mardi Gras, no, we're going to try to parse that out. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it's it's got to be consistent, but we have to accept the fact that we are the only ones that can fix it. And, and if we're not willing to pay the literal cost of building the public restrooms, maintaining them, cleaning them, because the homeless people are not going to clean them. 
I mean, that's just, they're not going to, whether you want them to or not, that's not going to happen. We have to be willing to incur the cost. Otherwise, what is the choice that they have? There's a uh, bill pending in the uh, St. Louis City Aldermanic Legislature to legalize uh, going to the bathroom pretty much anywhere, I guess, uh, in St. Louis for homeless people. And uh, we're discussing that, and people are calling in quite a lot. So we're going to take a break, come back and take your phone call. 225 DGS and Camwex talking about this proposed legislation in the city of St. Louis. Uh, the homeless people don't have enough public bathrooms, and so they want to decriminalize going to the bathroom outdoors. I've heard the urination part. I don't know about defecation. Uh, I, I Personally, I think we can do better. Uh, I think that there are other fixes. I think the very last thing the city of St. Louis needs are headlines nationally saying it's now legal to pee anywhere you want in the city of St. Louis. Uh, we'll take your phone calls, 314-436-7900. Rob on line one. Rob, go ahead. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. Was was that Kevin Wheeler that was advocating for this policy? Is that who that was speaking? No, I'm not advocating for the policy. I'm talking about the reality that exists and whether or not it, and any of this is a solution. Let me tell you a little bit about reality, Kevin. This is happening not just downtown. I live in Northampton, Kings Highway and Chippewa area. My alley is right across from King's Highway, and junkies, we're talking about drug addicts who are homeless by choice because of their lifestyle. They are shooting up in the alley behind my house, and after they shoot up, they defecate. That's what they do Mm -hmm. after they shoot up. They defecate on my property. Yeah, that's terrible. These same people... I was just threatened by half a dozen of these people two days ago. They threatened my life. This has been going on all summer. I report this to the police. I report it to my alderman. I'm getting no help from anywhere. And do you live in the city, Kevin? No, I I work in the city every day, and I do not live here. And what you're describing is awful. It's it's awful, and somebody should... How dare you be condoning this? I'm not condoning any. Listen, listen, no, I'm not condoning anything. Your situation's horrible. People should be doing something about the the difficulties that you're dealing with. That is not okay. What we're talking about is how do you handle a problem that right now does not have another solution? I'm not okay with saying go ahead and go where you want to go. Let's get Jim on online too. Jim, go ahead. Hey, you know, uh, enough is enough. I mean, treating everybody individually and, and uh, you know, treating everybody differently and giving people everything for free doesn't work. I mean, it, it's history has shown that, you know, to, it, if it's illegal to put a tent up, it's illegal, put them in jail. Give each each one of them the individual support they need if, if they're mentally ill, if, if they have drug addictions, uh, help them to do better. And if they don't, then put them back in jail again. It's, it's not that difficult. Uh, giving everybody something for free does not work. Everything you just described is going to cost something. You're giving them that for free. So the question is, do we do it that way or do we find another way? All right. More with Fighting with Wheeler when we come back. <laughs> Join us tomorrow for our brand new segment. Let me tell you about reality, Kevin. <laughs> you... If, look, 
We live with Kevin, yeah, okay? Yeah. We we have seen him go nuclear over mac and cheese. So when someone's like Wheeler, do you let me let me introduce you to reality? Rach and I just both got underneath the console. Yeah, yeah. it was going to be bad. I just told them during the break, like when that first, when that sentence was uttered, what went on in my head was the ringing of the bell before a boxing match. Oh it was like my ding, God. ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> It, I, I will say one thing. One thing I would pull from that whole discussion is it okay to see someone's penis? is no, no. It's the reality that we must have talked about it for ten minutes. But there's one phrase that anybody's worried about. There's one part of it because what I'm referring to when I say when I see that my biggest concern when I see those things in public is not how I feel about it. It's that it sucks that a human being is in that position. I don't, I don't care what I feel about it. I wish we were able to focus more on we could help those people rather than how we're just going to put them through the same cycle that we've been putting them through for the last however many years. I, I totally get what you're saying. And the reason why, you know, Andrew tells the story of the guy who was going to the bathroom on the tree and he and Dave and I all saw it. And it was extremely disturbing and upsetting on many levels. The The biggest level being that it it just it was terrible to see a human being in that yes. position. However, just because well, I can handle seeing it doesn't mean that if my nieces are my tiny nieces are downtown, they they can't see that kind of thing. We have to have a standard where they're not in a position to see I that will, kind of thing because they're going to a baseball game or they're coming to visit their aunt having, at work. Having seen the arboreal pooper, um let me push back a little bit. Okay. I agree. I was very sad that that guy had to pull his pants down and poop on a tree. He didn't have to. It was just that he was in that state of mind. He was strung out. It was yeah, horrible. He's, yeah. he's it high. Was yeah. But I was also pissed because to to uh, quote the the last caller, "How dare you?" Yeah, like I was also pissed. You know, and if I would have had like my daughter with me or something, I might have felt compelled to do or say something because that's not okay. I understand. You may be homeless. I understand. You may be drunk, maybe high, but you don't get to poop on trees eight feet away from a sidewalk. Yet we have to have a standard. If we don't have standards, then what are we doing? Yeah. And and that's what upsets me so much. And then to couch it as it's the homeless bill of rights or the unhoused bill of rights. Well, that's kind of a manipulative way to phrase that, right? Yeah. Like yes. we're gonna give Lawmakers them their rights back. That. Is it is it anyone's right to expose themselves in public no. i would argue no so i mean it'd be one thing if it was just like i had a i wrote this down on my show sheet today and it's, it, it kind of dovetails with this i saw a story uh i apologize i forget what city it is but you can pretty much fill in the blank city and they're talking about the the stroll where you go to pick up a prostitute and uh, I think it was in California. And they were saying that these women are they're basically nude. But because of the, uh, the the ordinances, we can't do anything about it. And I don't care so much about that. But when you put together uh, like, you know, naked prostitutes and homeless people and people, you know, urinating and defecating outside what's going on in Israel and Gaza and religious wars and all of this in some ways. We are still very much living as if it were two or three thousand years ago, and yet we have robots on Mars. We have an <laughs> international space station. We understand the workings of a black hole. We are 15 years away from the singularity and in artificial intelligence. What a crazy time to be alive when you have 
quantum computers doing trillions of calculations per second, and yet we don't have places where people go to the bathroom. It's amazing. And it's well, I, and look, this is really the point of what I'm getting to. It's our priority. Where is our priority? Our priority as a society is clearly, clearly not about helping the, the least amongst us. It is not. That is not a part of our tax code. That is not a part of our ethos. We are not about that. What if it were? What? Let's pretend. That's a great question. Thought experiment. Let's say that was, in your own mind, does it look like a socialist society, a communist society, a utopian society? Is there a way to do it within capitalism and a democratic republic? Well, I mean, I think there is. We just have to decide that we care. We don't need to change our system to it. We have to decide that we care about those things. Like, I get every complaint about it. I don't want to see it. I don't want kids to see those things. I want them to be fixed. But where is the alternative solution? If the solution is, like the caller said, well, just arrest them and then pay for their prosecution and then pay for their time in jail and then pay for their therapy. And if none of that works, do it again. That's nonsense. It doesn't, I mean, you're just going to repeat that at a cost. And if we could redirect that cost into a different angle, we might be able to start avoiding the problem to begin with. But we have no will to do it. We have no interest in it. And I don't know why. Right? I mean, is this, is this, because I mean, like, we live in a downtown where we had it reported here on KMOX where there is, at any given time, one squad car assigned to downtown St. Louis. How are they supposed to police this? They, we can't even stop people from driving around with no license plate. We can't stop people from running red lights. We can't stop people from going 50 in a 35 in downtown St. Louis and hitting out-of-town travelers with their cars. They have to, and, and there's a whole lot of blame that goes on for all this. We've talked about the mayor's office and local politicians blame for these policies that are not working. Those are things that need to get changed and fixed. But everything comes at a cost, and if we're all willing to pay the cost, we can make all of those things better. We can put in public restrooms. We can provide options. Because otherwise, you're just going to repeat the same cycle that you've been repeating for the last 25 or 30 years. Right? Is that not the... I mean, that's the bigger point. I agree. This is ridiculous that we're at this point. But if the idea is that we're just going to be arresting people and throwing them in jail... Again, that costs money, too, and it's shown that it hasn't worked. Not for these things. I'm not talking about shooting people. I'm not talking about grand theft auto. I'm not talking about murder. Those people need to go to jail because they're going for long periods of time. What are you going to go to jail for if you're caught, you know, public urination? Andrew, you probably know. A night? Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple days, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we always want to talk about solutions, Solutions cost money, and we have money, which is, I think, a valid complaint. Why are we not fixing any of these, these things? We are in one of the first times in modern history or recent history where a city that was flush with cash because of a settlement with the Rams, because of the money that was given out by the federal government during COVID, and we, we aren't fixing those things. That's a valid complaint. We've all been complaining about that on a weekly basis. I think it's fascinating. <clears throat> I I don't have the answers, but I think it's a fascinating course of study about homelessness. If you look at uh, 
people who are unhoused in the 1920s and then in the 1940s and 50s and then in the 70s and the 80s and then 2023, I'm sure it's for some similar reasons, but I'm, I'm sure it's also evolved Mm-hmm. Uh, that in the 1920s, I'm going to guess, it was mostly people because of the Depression, and they just did yeah, lost not their jobs. Have, they, they didn't have any money. Yeah. And I'm going to venture a guess, and I'm just spitballing here, but I would say probably 80% of the homeless who I interact with, it's a combination of drugs and mental illness. And one leads to the other often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. actually, they can both lead to the other. Yeah. And then you get the vicious cycle going, and that's the, that's why it's a difficult problem. But it's also very difficult when uh, I, I, I do think that there are a lot of people who I run into downtown who could very much use counseling, therapy, psychiatric help. But saying that is different than guys coming by in white clothing and physically taking them and putting them in a van and taking them somewhere against their will. We're talking about involuntary Which commitment. Which is what yeah. used to happen. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it's a real push-pull kind of system uh, because we had some terrible things happening in mental institutions when it was, hey, let's get the riffraff off the street because the, the mayor's coming into town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's There's no easy solution, but there are dumb ideas. Oh, yes, absolutely. But when we want to fix problems we can't just complain about the dumb ideas we have to find better ways to do it yeah but i think we can complain about the dumb ideas when it's coming from our elected officials whose job it is to come up with better ideas than that yeah if we were if we were spitballing on the show and i said what if we just made it perfectly legal to be in poop all over the streets and you guys were like i don't think that's gonna be the answer then i mean we can't go you can't really go hard about that, but when, like Rachel said, when it's like actual legislation that's being offered and pushed forward, I think that you have to, if if you think it's something worth taking a stand about, you got to take a stand. Ben Boyd just texted, nominated Kevin for mayor, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nobody wants that, including me. 250DGS, can I say the, the obvious? Um... We've all been watching what's, what's happening in Israel, and we've all, to a greater or lesser extent, seen these interviews with the families who either personally saw their child killed or saw their child kidnapped or saw videos of it. And there are a lot of things that I have lived through and a lot of things that I can relate to, but it really hit me this morning as I was watching it and show prepping that it's such a concept of what if that were Phoebe or Nick. Mm -hmm. But for these people, it's the reality of their life. 24 hours a day, they have to live with not knowing what's going on, what's happening to their child, although they know it's horrific. It's not like... (laughs) I don't even know if there's such a thing as a normal kidnapping, but it's not even like there's a chance... They're being treated well, and they're getting three meals a day and a warm place to sleep. They're probably being tortured. There's a very good chance they'll be beheaded on video. That's just the fact. I don't know how I would keep breathing. I don't know how. I I guess you would, because I guess that's what you do when you face something terrible like that. But does that ever happen to you guys where somehow... 
what you see on this screen sneaks into your brain as reality and then you just you can't even breathe. Like, oh my God, what if this were happening to me? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, I mean, it's every parent's worst nightmare, right? Not, I think literally. Not, not know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is the thing that, you know, what you guys, we jokingly like, what are you afraid of? Wheeler? That's it. That's it right there. That's the thing. And thankfully we don't live in that part of the world where that, that part, that is exactly a fear. There are other fears, but they're not quite as present as this is at the moment. Um, what, what's really hard to get through is like, I saw, I saw the piece, um, one of the women that was uh, abducted at the music festival, one of the young women, um, there was a person who was, I mean, just complete disinformation saying this girl was in, she was in the army and she's a, she's a prisoner of war. She's not a, it's not a civilian hostage. And then that was put next to a screen cap of her dad and her dad is, and what her dad said was, I want there to be peace. I want my daughter to come back enough with the wars. They have casualties. We have casualties. We all want this to stop essentially. And I, it's, it's hard to believe that someone in that position is thinking that way rather than thinking where I feel like I'd put myself, which is anger, revenge, you know, get back at you or get, you know, if I don't get my kid back, but that's the, the most unfathomable thing. And I've been talking to people, some friends um, won't mention, uh, names because it wasn't really meant for air, but they have kids that live there. You know, they have friends. One of them had a friend, uh, or, or I should say the son of a friend who uh, lost his arm during all of this because he was at the festival and trying to help people. And I, I don't even know how to describe how you would even think about that. And that's right now, when does it end? Like looking at for when's the next normal day for people yeah. that live there? I was thinking about. It. I know this. This is a down the road question, but already we've seen such amazing devastation to just the physical city, the physical space of Gaza, and by the time Israel is through with it, I mean there may be very few buildings left standing. And when we go in, when we have gone into Afghanistan, Iraq, and we do damage like that, typically we rebuild it and rebuild it better than it was. And I've criticized that like in in years past uh, when I was a little more hardline, like, hey, you asked for it. You messed around. You found out. So why are we going to we should we should be building junior highs here, not over there. You're an enemy. You provoked us. You found out what happened. Uh, you can deal with the rubble. But when you see that, you're just wondering what does happen? What happens once this will be over at some point, whether it's in a month or five years. And if there's just not one stone left on the other, does Israel rebuild? Does, you know, what happens? I don't know. I mean, isn't it interesting that in a smaller less physically painful, less deadly way, we end up having the same types of battles right here. We talk about how our quote-unquote leaders do nothing but so dis discontent and argue and fight. Meanwhile, when you put us all together, we all get along. We can hang out at a party. We can shop together. We can live together. You can be around people from all different political persuasions, and all of a sudden, the leaders start talking, and it starts trouble. 
And that's what happens in these kinds of situations. You have certain people that are causing the trouble, Hamas. Well, most of those people that are in those buildings, they're not Hamas, they are, or they don't want to be. A lot of times you're the, you're in that area and you are what you are by force. The people that are under Taliban rule don't want to be under Taliban rule, or at least most of them don't. And that's the problem. And that's why I think that your your thought your thinking probably shifted, Dave. Is you know you realize okay, well most of those people didn't care about any of that stuff that led to the start. They weren't behind it. They weren't consulted in it. Their voices didn't matter in it. It was people who are fighting for power. I was that do that. One more thought before we move on to other things. I was thinking about this (laughs) cutting babies' heads off and burning grandmas alive and things like that. These are typically the things that we can come to terms with because it's one serial killer. Oh, my God, John Wayne Gacy. Well, he's dead now. Or it's a school shooter. Okay, the Parkland kid. Okay, well, he's in jail for the rest of his life. What a demon. He's not even a human. He's just what a monster. But you had thousands of people take part in this. That screws with my brain yeah yeah it screws with my brain that you had basically an army of people a small one but a trained army of human beings who were all okay with this sort of treatment of fellow human beings that kind of stops my heart i think it comes from a result of and it seems to be it's just a matter of people not looking at them as people you know what I mean? You stop seeing the other side, I think, as actual, like, human beings, and they just become, like, something other than that. Yep. You. Crazy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.